Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This sought-after creative director leveraged a passion and expertise to help build some of the biggest beauty brands and retailers. Today, Carrie Barber has set her visionary eye upon Make Beauty, a makeup and skincare line designed for creative expression with a cult following. As co-owner and creative director of Make, Carrie is relaunching the brand with a lean into modern science, and I can't wait to dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow founders of beauty brands around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce your guest for today, Carrie Barber. Carrie is a beauty and wellness enthusiast and a sought-after creative director that has leveraged a passion and expertise to help some of the biggest beauty brands and retailers, from Glossier to Sephora. Today, she is the creative eye behind Make Beauty's modern vision. Originally launched in 2013, Make is beloved for its cosmetic line that celebrates individuality and free expression, an ethos that Carrie is committed to keeping part of the Make DNA while also pushing the brand forward. Botanical ingredients, skincare from science, and sustainably as standard, I'm so excited to hear more about Carrie's vision for the future of Make and a journey evolving as an entrepreneur. So Carrie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And, you know, a question I ask all my guests, uh, it's, uh, I always say it's a tricky one. It's a tough one, but it's an important one is in a nutshell, in a few sentences, could you explain who is Carrie? Uh, I, I mean, I'm an Aries. I'm um, tall. I work really hard. I cry pretty easily. And I'm really interested, obsessed with beauty. I'm obsessed with beauty. I love that. I, I actually, you, you, you've said that really <laughs> interestingly because I feel like you've given already a, 
we can already understand your universe and just the simple words. It's like, so I've never had someone describe like horoscope to type to interest. I love it. That was a great answer. Great answer. Uh, I don't know if that's like an LA thing to be like, I'm an Aries and then everybody automatically understands who I am. It's just easy. It might be, it might, it might just be, but it's, I think yeah. uh, we all, we all, I, I'm an Aquarius personally. Um, read that as you will. Very well. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, I, you know, before we get into how you, you ended up, um, you know, acquiring and, and getting into make beauty. I, I do want to talk about your extensive, incredible kind of career um, as um, art director, and I know you've been also like digital designer. So, um, can you tell us a bit about your a bit about maybe a bit about your upbringing and what got you into this space? Yeah, so I grew up in Colorado. I was an athlete in high school. I thought that I was going to play Olympic beach volleyball. That obviously didn't happen. <laughs> I sort of like the last, I guess, trimester in high school, um, like April of my senior year, uh, Project Runway was really popular. I think it was probably season two. And I remember being like, I'm going to go to fashion school. That's what I want to do. But at the time, like I didn't know exactly what art direction was. When you're in high school, no one's like, oh, this is what an art director does. And maybe even now some people are like, so wh- what is your job? And I just knew that I wanted to like create images and I was a photographer in high school and I liked that and I enjoyed it, but I didn't want to do that full time. And I thought maybe fashion would be a way for me to sort of, you know, have being a designer would be able to, uh, would allow me to create a world around something. So in one weekend, my dad and I put together a fashion portfolio, which I don't remember at all doing that. <laughs> so, I, And then I went and submitted that to FIDM in San Francisco. And right as I graduated from high school, went and moved to San Francisco. And this was like 2006 at that time and started school and very quickly realized fashion design was not it. And, you know, I was a young person coming from, you know, living on a dirt road <laughs> And then moving into a huge city and I was a very anxious person. And so sort of like between like 20, like 19 and 21 were sort of my years to be a young person and figure out like what was going on with me personally, mentally. um, I had a hard time sort of like really finding like my place. I moved down to LA, um, went to Otis, which is a very um, difficult fine arts school that wasn't it either. And then by the time I was done with that, my dad was like, I don't care where you go to college, but you have to graduate from college. Like the next choice, that's it. That's where you're graduating. I was sort of like, I just want to get school over with. Like I'm not interested in school. And I went back up to San Francisco and went to the Academy of Art. And it was just the perfect timing because at that time they were really building out their like teacher roster. And I landed in advertising because they had art direction for advertising. And I was like, oh, that feels like the closest thing that I've found. Mm -hmm. And, you know, advertising comes with a lot of copywriting and strategy. And I wasn't interested in that necessarily. So I I told them, I was like, I'll do, you know, the graphic design and the photography, but I want to do film also. And I want to do film history and art history. So I sort of like created my classes and I got really lucky with teachers they were flying them up from Art Center in LA every week. So I had Art Center teachers. And it was just the perfect way to sort of end college for me. And at that time, Show Studio was really, really popular. They were, 
you know, Nick Knight was starting to get into fashion film. And again, that was something that I resonated with and I wanted to do that. So I was ready to pack up my stuff. I was going to graduate college, move to London, knock on his door and just be like, I will sweep your floors. I just want to be here. You know, before I was going to go do that, I needed to like save up some money. So my boyfriend at the time was working at Sephora as a designer. And he was like, you know, they're just looking for production designers. I think that, you know, that'd be a good way for you to make some money before you move. So I started at Sephora and never looked back. Because <laughs> once I started, I was like, oh, this is it, actually. Yeah. Beauty combines all of the things that I really love because I'm obsessed with products, which I didn't really like realize that's what it was. Because when I was growing up, you know, I, I didn't do anything. Or I did, you know, like way too much of something, but I was not a beauty person in high school just because I didn't really have access to that. You know, and my mom is very natural and she's sort of like a skincare and, and uh, I mean, a SPF and water person. So I'm like, mm. it's not helpful at all. <laughs> no, you didn't have the products. You could go into a bathroom and steal. <laughs> right. Yeah. She just, you know, she's just naturally very beautiful and was, yeah. um, you know, didn't, it's not like we sat on the floor together and did makeup for hours. Anyway, so I was at Sephora and at that time, again, it was just like they were sort of going through this brand 2.0 where they were getting very editorial and fashion forward and they had an incredible creative director. Her name was Lena and she was making Sephora so cool at that time. And, you know, they were featuring, I still remember all the campaigns they were featuring. Emily Weiss was in a holiday campaign you know, it was like, it felt very modern and very cool. And I just was so just obsessed from day one. And at that time, Into the Gloss was just getting really popular. And, you know, I think at that time, this was probably 2012, Emily was still writing Into the Gloss herself. She was shooting it. She was posting once a week on Wednesdays. And every single Wednesday morning, I was getting on to read it, you know, like, again, obsessed. And then also, Violet Gray was launching at the same time. It's it's interesting now because, you know, I'm sitting at Sephora, I'm reading into the gloss and I'm reading and looking at Violet Gray and like that sort of created what was next for me. And whether I was, you know, consciously doing that or not, I knew that I had to find a way to work with Emily. And at the time it was only into the gloss. So I was like, I don't know what, how or what the path is, but I I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to just get closer and closer. So I moved to New York and I worked at Bloomingdale's for a little while. I worked at a small like boutique e-commerce agency called One Rockwell. Um, They're much bigger now, pretty popular um, amongst fashion and beauty brands. And then quickly after, also One Rockwell was across the street from Glossier so I just you know just got closer and closer and closer as time went on (laughs) I remember working at one Rockwell and watching Glossier launch and watching Emily and people who worked there hand deliver Glossier packages like from day one and I was like I know that there will be some way that I will work there and then um, they ended up approaching me I had had one coffee date with a creative director named Helen And, you know, we hadn't spoken in a long time. And then all of a sudden I get a LinkedIn message and she's like, you know, I just started working for Glossier. Would you be interested? And I'm pretty sure my reply was there's no person more interested than me. (laughs) Like, let me know. I like I'm I'm there. 
Uh, I worked at Glossier for about a year and a half, two years. I was employee number 18, you know, which at the time was so cool because it was so fresh and young and nobody had no, like no one had any idea of what Glossier was. It would be. Yeah. Like it's hard to imagine now because it's such a household name. Even people outside of the beauty community know what Glossier is. And so it was such an amazing time to be there because we got to really build something that was different. That was, you know, while we were there, you could really feel that what was happening, there was a shift happening. And, you know, Make was a part of this shift at, at that time also with these new brands that were coming out that were sort of like, you make beauty what it is. This is beauty in real life, you know, and that wasn't necessarily the messaging on a sort of mass consumer level. So it was so exciting to be there. You know, I grew out of that job pretty quickly just because at startups, I think that in general, director level jobs and entry level jobs have exponential growth within that sort of startup environment. And it's hard for mid to senior level people to sort of continue to move up because it's stacked on both sides. So, you know, I, I grew out of my job and I was like, all right, I moved to New York. I did it. I'm, you know, I worked at Glossier. My dad had died a few years ago and it was just extremely difficult to live in New York. And I was like, I don't want to struggle this hard to live right now. So I'm going to move back to California. And having worked at Glossier, Sephora was like, well, whatever you want. Like, you know, we will move you back to California. Here's this job that you want, you know, a good salary, all of those things. It was, And I knew that I wanted to go back to Sephora because I didn't feel like I really got to do a lot for them at the time when I had first started because I was so entry level. So I was excited to go back as a more senior person with, you know, more creative impact was kind of the goal. And turns out Sephora is a very well-oiled machine. There's not a lot of, it's like they have a formula and it works really well. And that's sort of like what I had to do. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like I had a lot of creative freedom, like opportunity yeah, freedom, creative freedom. I was working on Sephora Collection at the time, which had just relaunched to live yeah. in this world of Glossiers. Um, so that was exciting. And I did a lot of great work there. But I just, after working at a Glossier type where I was with my friends like all day and then going to a creative team of 50 people, I just, you know, I was not very happy. And I was dating someone in LA at the time. So I was like, I'll move to LA. <laughs> that's where Violet Gray is. And that's the yeah. last one on my list. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I moved to LA. I freelanced for a while because I needed to sort of like recoup after Sephora. And I asked Emily Weiss for an introduction to Cassandra because I knew that they knew each other. And I went to Cassandra's house when I was still living in San Francisco and I met her. And I was so intimidated by her. <laughs> I was so nervous. I don't think she remembers it this way, but I was, I like could barely speak. I was so nervous. <laughs> but then we reconnected and, you know, I ended up freelancing there. And that was also so fun. Just a small team, you know, just the sort of access that they have to the industry and being in LA and close to entertainment. Like it, it was just very exciting and super fun. And also the first time that I worked on a brand that felt like my aesthetic, you know, cause Glossier was very cool. And, you know, 
not quite my aesthetics before the same and so but Violet Gray like I was I was just so happy to be able to make and create work like that and be like with the best in beauty uh it's a very you know to be surrounded by makeup artists and hairstylists and just again Violet Gray is obsessed with product and they test everything and it's like you know best in class this and that it was just very exciting and then enters Ben Bennett yes <laughs> who's my business partner on me <laughs> so, how did that happen <laughs> through Instagram wow. I, I was freelancing at Violet Gray I was also freelancing on the side working for Augustinus Botter mm-hmm. and Ben had dm'd me and was like I'm you know I've been following you for a while I'm really interested in the work you're doing and I have this project that I think you know you would be great for do you have some time to talk about it and I was like I don't know who this is you know, his Instagram is very cryptic, not very work focused. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. But yeah, like, let's just talk. And we talked on the phone for a while. And I was like, look, I'm too busy. I don't have time to take on freelance. But I, you know, I'd really like to stay in touch just in case because I wasn't super happy at the time. And I was, I was getting to that point. This happens with me with like one and a half to two years. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for the next thing. Yeah. So I was getting close to that. And, you know, after that phone call, we just developed a relationship and we had multiple meetings that were, you know, many hours and we had a lot of lunches. We would DM, we would text, you know, and we developed a friendship, which, you know, was really important when he asked me to partner with him on make, because I knew that, you know, obviously he's like my work husband. Like I talk to him the most, I spend the most time with him. And it was important to me that we were friends because, you know, you want to be able to trust the pe- the person that you're going exactly. into business and enjoy with. and enjoy the, ex- the experience because you're going to be spending exactly. as you said, a lot of time with them. Yeah, and you know, my dad had his own business and he worked with his best friend. They were partners, and you know, my dad's business partner was is my family. I call him my yeah. uncle. So yeah, that sort of dynamic was really important to me. And when Ben, so then you know, January of 2020, we're having lunch. And Ben was like, do you remember this brand make? It's for sale. And I'd like, I'm interested in buying it, but only if you will partner with me on this brand. And Mm -hmm. at first I was like, "Mm, yeah, you know, I remember make, I really, really loved make, but they haven't done anything in a few years. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, fast forward like four hours later, I'm at dinner and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, of course I want to do that. <laughs> like, no other opportunity is going to present itself this way like to that. me. No, you know, it, exactly. I think, yeah, like I, for creative directors, it's maybe not a traditional path to transition from creative director to brand owner. Um, I, you know, not that there's any sort of traditional path that puts you sort of in that position you know especially founders of this age you know there's no right way to enter but I do think that creative directors in general get to a point where you're like all right well this is the this is it this is the tall you know highest I could go work for a bigger company I could start my own agency I knew I didn't want to do an agency um so anyway I I was like absolutely yes like I think I wrote in all caps like let's f- go <laughs> I love it love it <laughs> I was but like, you, of just, course. you just and I think it's like it's 
that kind of also what you said, you know, people can go to bigger companies, people can have their own agencies. There is more opportunities like that that can arise. But I think what mm-hmm. you got presented is very rare. Like it doesn't happen yeah. all the time. And that no. trust that Ben had in you as well to to want to partner with you is really humbling and also very hopefully motivating, right? Yeah, exactly. And I you know, I it means a lot to me now that he spent so much time with me. He knew, he knew what he was doing for sure. You know, I think, yeah. he, and I've seen his, him do this with a few other people where they're dating basically. And at the time I didn't realize that that's what was happening. I was like, this is just a good person for me to know. He's going to be a mentor probably. I didn't realize that, you know, he was sort of interviewing me in this way. And I think that what makes our partnership so successful and ultimately the brand more successful is the fact that we're so close and that we do really trust each other. And, you know, Ben also, I think he could see that I was ready to sort of be pushed into or pushed out of my comfort zone because I did, I was really good at like one thing and I kept doing it over and over for different brands. And Mm. he definitely was like, all right, that's, move on it's time to move on it's time for a lot of growth and like here we go yeah that was january of 2020 we bought the brand in march of 2020 the week of the pandemic oh so that is a whole story in itself right but uh it's crazy how um that obviously wasn't forecasted but Mm -hmm. i am very curious well you know before we actually get into the pandemic i'm very curious to sort of because people who are in there are my father specifically he acquires a lot of brands that's his main mm-hmm. business i i kind mm-hmm. of do the opposite but um he is a lot of due diligence involved there's a lot of you know paperwork and time and it takes sometimes a year longer than you think etc yeah so assuming it was all smooth sailing then was it literally like boom that's it you guys have the brand do what you want i think it was a combination of ben having a relationship with the you know, current CEO at the time, and also the group that ended up buying Mana, which was the contract manufacturer who owned Make. So he had that relationship going, which I think made it easier. I also think that they were ready to offload Make. You know, again, it had not done, it had been dormant for a few years. And I think they were ready to just, you know, have it like move on. So it was pretty quick. I wasn't, you know, Ben did a lot of that in the beginning. Um, but just from what I remember, the time from when I said yes to when it was ours was pretty quick. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what was yeah. it like? So like, as especially as a creative director, did you have to kind of now readapt your thinking to think, wow, okay, I want to have a new vision for this brand. But this new vision is actually a new vision that I think a lot of brands, um, exist brands have to have now because it's it's really about potentially retail is no longer the forefront maybe it's all about how it's um getting to your home you know things Mm -hmm. like even sizes and packaging and refillables and all this stuff so much to think about so what was your thought process well i think that before the pandemic those things were definitely starting to come more to the forefront you know sustainability for example just it's a non-negotiable at this point and you know i think with the pandemic again there's just this aspect of timing with all of these things because before the pandemic and before we bought make, I was like, what is this next thing in beauty? Like Glossier came in, it did its thing. It's still going strong. What, what's the next wave of that? 
And, you know, I kept thinking about that and wondering, you know, who's going to do that? <laughs> what is it? Who's that brand? What's it going to be? Or is the, there going to be this shift because of social media? I was just really curious and sort of looking for that, that next thing. And then also with the pandemic and the beginning of the pandemic, especially with all of the Black Lives Matter, it, I just had this really strong sense that like whatever it is that we make or put into the world has to be extremely meaningful and have a purpose because there's, there's just no room for more. Like I, I couldn't put out something that was just sort of frivolous and maybe I thought, oh, I know that this is going to work. This is a formula that works currently. I just didn't feel like I could contribute to that and that everyone was just so exhausted that it's like they can see right through it. And there were so many things that happened last year that I think really added to that. Um, you know, and and then again, all of these huge social or environmental issues just kept coming forward and forward. And so, you know, when we started to think about rebranding Make, it was like, okay, well, you know, we knew that we were going to partner with labs that were doing um, creating biotech ingredients because to us that was sort of one step further into sustainability, going sort of beyond packaging um, because it really makes a difference in terms of environmental impact. Um, you know, but also just this idea of looking forward and trying to see what was next, like really just kept coming back to us, you know, and that's our tagline, look forward. Because again, I am and make is interested in what is next and pushing things forward into what's next. And, you know, I think the science that we're using is very you know, advanced, it's new technology. It's very interesting. It feels like a little futuristic. Visually, the brand is futuristic, you know, sort of inspired by this idea of looking forward and these biotech labs. So, you know, it just, all of those things sort of got us to this place of where, you know, where we are now and what the brand is now. Mm. All of those things just sort of like led us in that direction. And once we realized like looking forward was our North Star, it just became really, like it all sort of, again, the pieces came together and I could really see what this brand was going to be and what it was going to look like. Because when I started, I was like, I have have no idea, you know? And again, there's so much out there that just looks, you know, I'm looking at this brand and it looks like this brand and that one looks like that one. And they all have the same product and they have the same colors. And I'm like, (laughs) what? And you have to still find that balance between what you find as well and, you know, what the consumers mm-hmm. will find attractive, but also being different. And sometimes it's like, do you want to be so different or do you just want to do something but better? But, you know, it's, it's a hard right. balance. Yeah. It's super hard. But, you know, yeah. so for, for you guys, when you, um, so did you end up changing like the packaging, the look and feel, rebranding the logo? Is that what you spent last year doing? Yeah. So we started with formula. Um, yes. Make traditionally was probably 60% cosmetics. Cosmetics, yeah. And some skincare, but it was really light skincare. You know, like some face gels. They had a marine salve was that was very popular. They had this whole succulent story that we obviously brought into the new brand as well. Um, but skincare, 
is one of the most powerful ways for us to tell this story of lab-engineered natural ingredients. And not that the cosmetics won't have those Lenny ingredients, but skincare really allows us to sort of like flex this formulation muscle. So, and it's also, I'm obsessed with skincare. A lot of clean brands are either skincare or makeup. You know, they're starting to come together, but I was like, you know, we were really interested in make having both skincare and makeup. They go hand in hand. I was adamant that the skincare was very, you know, like a streamlined collection of skincare that was utilitarian, sort of like multi-hyphenate products. Um, But that also really created, you know, that works well with makeup. All the moisturizers, for example, like have to work well with makeup because that it's like, that's what comes next. (laughs) And a lot of skincare brands, you know, like moisturizer will pill under makeup. I'm like, what? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's, it's so important. And, and I love the fact that on makebeauty.com, um, you guys have such a transparent way to deal with those ingredients. You have an ingredient index, for example, mm-hmm. which I think is genius. And I think it's super important because it is important that, you know, we do connect skin and, and, and color, you know, skin and cosmetics, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, uh, it's the foundation, right? The skincare to the, right. to a good cosmetics. And I think a lot of people think them are very isolated, but I love that mm-hmm. you actually put them together and you're, you're proud of that. But does it, does it potentially like, I don't know, in retail, et cetera, has there been like any kickback of saying, yeah, but you know, you have to be a skincare brand. Like, where do we put you, mm. you know, or has it been no? Some people are like, where do we put you? Because I get this question a lot. Like if it's synthetic, can it be clean? If yeah. it's synthetic, can it be natural? And so right now with skincare, they're sort of like, I don't know where to put you as a brand. Mm. Um, I think I'm not, I don't know in a, you know, maybe brick and mortar retail environment, how that this story of cosmetics and skincare will be told. But I do think that if you trust a brand and you 
if, and their formulas are effective, you're sort of like, if it works, great. I love this brand and it works. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't care if it's skincare or makeup. Um, but people now with the skincare and with this idea of lab engineered natural ingredients, they're like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Is it clean? Can it be synthetic and natural? You know, so that's sort of the storytelling that we're focusing on right now. I think it's a lot of education to like, Mm -hmm. you know, people, there's this whole angle of um, one of the guests we had in the podcast, we're talking about with with her candles and, you know, we're saying about synthetics and there's this argument to say, well, isn't synthetics more sustainable? Because for example, you're chopping down a whole, you know, forest for something natural, but in the day you're making this in a lab with a naturally derived ingredient. So technically Mm -hmm. that's, and less shipping costs and everything. Like, isn't that better for the environment? So It is a. I think there's a little bit of this like this taboo on people not really knowing and understanding. And I think I think it's just about we're all on this journey. We're all understanding it. And I think retailers, etc., they will figure it out. But the most important thing is, is at least that's why I'm, I'm a champion of D2C and owning your own, mm-hmm. you know, direct relationship with your brand, uh, with your yeah. customers and your brand. So I think it's very yeah. important. But I will say I have tried. You, you were very fortunate to receive your products, and mm. I'm obsessed with them. The formulas are incredible, <laughs> and I have done a lot of formula testing for my brand and from other projects I was going to work on and the succulent mm-hmm. skill, skin gen the succulent skin gel cream is incredible have to just say it's, one of my oh, my, my faves it's mm-hmm. but yeah you guys have done some amazing job and do you feel like um for you as a beauty lover as a beauty like you know do you find yourself like um really getting involved um more so you know because before you're a lot more in the design and your whole career was a lot more in the, the artistic vision are you now very much involved in the like production the like the new mpd and the, pro- the products yeah. yeah um so i you know i, I sort of do everything of, of course now <laughs> as a, yeah as a no-no <laughs> exactly um you and, have to <laughs> that's yeah. the reality yeah you have no choice um with product development, that is my favorite part of my job. I am learning so much because before I, I liked really serious skincare, but I liked what I liked. You know, I liked expensive skincare. I liked French skincare, sort of a snob in that way. But I was, you know, those things worked for me and I maybe didn't necessarily know why. I just knew that I liked them. They worked for my skin. They didn't make me break out. And like the texture and the feel and the sensorial experience of them worked for me. So that's how I would choose skincare. And, you know, I think that when you try and make formulas, you can tell that, you know, the way that it feels and how it leaves your skin is there. It's present, but I'm learning so much about ingredients and how, and, you know, when we started formulating make skincare, one of our sort of pillars was that it had to be undeniably good uh, and which is a high standard to hold yourself to. Uh, And, you know, especially when you're trying to move quickly and build a brand fast and in a pandemic, um, no, but we made it happen. You made it happen. I was about to say, there's some, definitely some some magic going on. I don't know how you made it happen, but you made it happen. (sighs) A lot of favors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the product development team at make is so experienced I mean they just have uh, they have so much experience and they've worked with Ben for a long time that you know I'm I they know so much and they know how things can go together so that you know these two ingredients alone are great but together 
not only like amplify each other, but there's the, they create this like powerhouse formula that, yeah. you know, it's not like it has 10 active ingredients in it in order for it to be efficacious. It's like, no, these two ingredients at this, you know, percentage create this very effective formula and it doesn't have to be complicated and it yeah. also doesn't have to be expensive. Um, another thing that came out of, you know, the pandemic was that I just felt like I wanted make to be accessible to everybody. I wanted it to be at a price point that felt like you can easily be a part of this. You can, you, you could also aspire to buy this. It's just, it's right there. You know, whether it's you're a young person and it's sort of like you're graduating into more popular, you know, I mean, more, um, what's the word, serious skincare as you get older, Yes. you know, um, it, you know, it, but also you could be in your 40s and have this supercell moisturizer cream work as effectively as a $300 cream. So that was really important to me. I think that's where that sort of snob um, skincare But you uh, rightly should be because, you know, in. it's your skin. It's 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 the yeah. largest organ, most important organ, and one of the most important organs for me. It's, it's, it's so important to take care of it, you know? Yeah. And give it the justice it needs. Yeah. With product development, I've learned that I can create a very effective, I'm just going to use Supercell as an example, the rich cream, you know, because that's my favorite skincare product is a, is a rich cream. And when I first tried the formula, I was like, oh, this is incredible. <laughs> like, I like this actually more than the expensive cream that I've been using for years. And yeah. I was skeptical because I think that there's this idea there's this preconceived notion that unless it's expensive, it doesn't work, but that yeah. is not true. And not true. Um, it's, yeah, no, <laughs> you're paying for the brand and maybe the really expensive porcelain jar, but um, this, this supercell cream is so, first of all, the texture alone. I mean, I just, I use so much of it because I just love the texture so much, but the very, active ingredient which is a lenny ingredient a lab engineered um cloned stem cell is so effective and you know with the other things that are formulated in the in the um in the cream they all sort of like help this stem cell ingredient like be more effective ultimately making it more efficacious on your skin so mm. I mean, I'm just obsessed with that cream. I don't know if, if you've tried that yet. but I have. It's incredible. And I also love the fact that it's, um, I think you guys have refillables for this one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That Which was our first refill. Amazing. I mean, yeah. it's it's always, um, you know, I, I stand for any brand that does this and it's not easy to do. But um, no. <laughs> I think the important of what you're doing, especially with educating consumers on, you know, these ingredients and matching them with very, important actives etc um so would you say the 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 cell um the, the cream is really for hydration and what's its main purpose yeah so the the super cell rich cream is is a orchid stem cell which helps sort of the communication in your skin it improves the communication between cells so it helps yeah. your skin work better um over time stem cells help you know your skin produce more collagen um, and it also, it's so, there's just a way that it stays on your skin that it really actually hydrates you. And, you know, I've, 
I personally have experienced this and other people have told me that when they wake up in the morning, their skin is still hydrated. It's not dry, which I just sort of assume my skin was always dry. And that's, that's just what happens. You wake up with dry skin, but not with supercell. There's just this way that it, it just, you know, the size of the molecule like really gets into your skin and offers lasting hydration. So, and I, I also use supercell as a way to sort of explain this concept of Lenny because as you said earlier, you know, it has orchids um, stem cells in it. So instead of harvesting an entire field of orchids, we took one orchid cloned the stem cells in a lab and we have that ingredient on hand whenever we need it. And because it's cloned, we can make more as we need it. So I, you know, I always use that example when people are like, what is Lenny? I think that's one of the easiest ways to understand why it's natural, how it can be synthetic and natural and clean all at the same time, because and and cruelty-free vegan. Yeah. Low impact, you know, you're, we make it as we need it. It's not like we have a raw material that is sitting there expiring over time, you know, Um, and shipping the bulk from, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the cost involved, I can tell you as someone who has a brand that you know, <laughs> we have a lot of raw materials around the world and it's like, oh, it's, yeah. it, you know, it is, um, it's the future for me yeah. of beauty for sure. Um, I do yeah. think there's a place, of course, for, for using the, the materials as long as you have a really strong supply kind of chain, which is sustainable, mm-hmm. truly, not just pretending it's sustainable, but really sustainable. Um, right. But I, I I think people need to learn and adapt to to being more um, responsive. I think it, it is happening. I'm seeing a lot of responsiveness yeah. to this. Um, but I think people just don't know enough about it, you know? So I love exactly. the fact that you've explained you know, why Lenny, this lab clone technology, uh, using plant, cells, plant stem cells is actually absolutely the same thing as using thousands of orchids but it's just more sustainable yeah. and also more fresh yeah so um no the um, molecules are identical you know they're, they're identical they're identical you scientifically so you can't tell the difference and yeah. lenny also you know uses like cloning as an example but also upcycled ingredients so that there's less waste or cold pressed ingredients so that energy impact is lower you know there's a lot of sort of pillars of Lenny where we make sure that these ingredients sort of check one of those boxes at the very minimum, if not multiple boxes. So, and like you said, I think it's just the way of the future to create and have and make ingredients in this way. And, you know, it's not that there's anything wrong with natural ingredients either. I just think that there are more effective, sustainable ways to create raw materials as you need them or harvest natural ingredients as you need them using upcycled ingredients you know that's a natural ingredient it's not something we're making but we're using the runoff of something else so that it doesn't go to waste so i think i do think it's a lot of education but we're getting there wanting to know it's it's lenny is lab engineered natural ingredients and you can go and make beauty.com you've got an amazing product page but i researched all about it before this podcast and mm-hmm. learned about lenny so that was really interesting for me um, but what would you you know say is the the future of make uh you know, hopefully post-pandemic uh, is it more mm-hmm. for more incredible products and expansion into retail what's your what's your plan yeah so through the end of this year we're continuing to build out the skincare line and we will continue to build that out as we grow 
However, in January, we're launching our first color skew. And I am very excited for color because I'm very adamant that, and I, you know, again, just timing, I think coming out of of a pandemic, people are like, I am going to wear makeup and it is intentional and I'm excited to wear color and like really wear makeup again, you know? Of course, our skin loved having a break from makeup, you know, um, for this last year and a half. But I also think we're okay. We did the no makeup thing. We've done the very um, sort of contoured Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, you know, little corner of uh, of makeup. And I'm I'm ready for like that sort of editorial color pigmented makeup to come back. Yeah, and celebrate, you know, our own kind of expression through color because there's only yeah. I feel like there's there's natural beauty clean beauty looks cool love it but I you know you get excited seeing a pop of color you see a bit more into the personality of someone so yeah um I think there's definitely that kind of I think that's interesting about humans we're kind of like boomerangs we kind of like go to phases <laughs> we come out of it yeah. we want to learn want to we want it we don't want it we want it um yeah. so it's definitely I think what you're doing in that time is a really good uh, it's a good introduction into that um yeah. but I do have I do kind of want to know you know a bit more about you as Carrie and how you stay motivated and just, um, uh, I guess you could say empowered in your day, especially maybe throughout the pandemic as well. Like, do you have a routine for success that you can share to people? I, uh, being a creative person and an Aries, I need to have flexibility and freedom to do whatever I want. Whenever I want, that's sort of like how I work. Although yep. that's not how everyone else works. So I have to find the balance between those two. The thing that I do that I is a non-negotiable is that I wake up early every day and I have one to two hours of just whatever time. So I love that. And what is early roughly like? Just mm, like six o'clock usually. Ah, um, great. Even on the weekends, I just wake up naturally very early. Um, sometimes I wish I could sleep more, but I'm just... Not, I'm one of those people who probably needs like six hours and I'm good. I'm the same. Um, I get you. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. I know sleep is good for you, but I just, I get enough, you know? Yeah. But there are, there are cases, there are studies that although the average recommendation is seven to eight hours, there are people who work better and actually are healthier with less sleep. So we're just one yeah. of them. That's why I say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go us. <laughs> Go us. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wake up early. I make coffee. That's sort of like my morning ritual. And I... You know, right now, um, on Tuesdays, I wake up and I watch this show on FX called Impeachment because it, mm-hmm. you know, airs on Tuesday mornings. So I wake up and I do that on Tuesday mornings. I sometimes I work out, um, but I really need like one solid hour where I'm not doing anything I'm supposed to be doing. So if it's mm. on Instagram for one hour, that's so fine. I don't judge myself. You know, I, I tried so hard to be one of those people who wakes up and drinks lemon water for the first hour or doesn't look yeah, at my phone. Apple cider shots or maybe yeah. light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stands by the window to get natural sunlight to wake. You know, like I yeah. tried to do all that and it just, it, it doesn't work for me. Right. You know, It's not I, sustainable. You don't, you don't no. keep it up. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to drink lemon water when I wake up. I want coffee. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, but, yeah, and, the, and the best thing is because you wake up early, like you know you're still awake above most of the people anyway so the point is is you have that kind of that time is for you to do whatever you want and you can do it and no rules and you could do two months of actually 
doing something like having lemon water and then you can do two months of having coffee whatever it is but there's no rules I like I really like that yeah it's like I I have to get my yayas out that way where I just Mm -hmm. am like I gotta do I'm not responsible to anyone right now I just want to do whatever I want to do and then I'm focused and ready to do all the other things I have to do and I you know I I've learned so much being an owner and you know, still a creative director because I'm still a fairly young creative director to, you know, I would, you know, still also call myself an art director because I'm still learning that job on top of these other jobs. So, you know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And in the beginning it was just like so hard to function because I held myself to the standard of knowing supposed to be like knowing all these things. And I've traditionally been very good at my job because I just work really hard. And I, you know, I've always, I really crafted my creative side and I've always been really good at that. And like, I still don't know if I'm good at my job, but I show up to work and I do the work and I get it done and we launch product and that's all that matters. Trust like, me, you're, you're good at the job, but also, you know, just as long as you are learning and growing that's that's the most important thing because yeah. uh, good is so subjective and, and what I can see anyways you're doing a freaking good job so thank you <laughs> this is where having a partner especially Ben Bennett comes in because mm-hmm. he guides me in terms of what I need to learn and he'll explain why things are important to me or you know uh you know I'm learning about finance and and supply chain and all of these things and he, he has done this for so long that he's very good at explaining that to me. Yeah. And also he's a creative person. So we partner on creative a lot, but he's also like, you know, he reminds me a lot that I'm not supposed to know these things. How would I know them? You know, know? there's no way to know it unless you do it and you make mistakes. Honestly, that's, but it's it's what I've also kind of extrapolated from that is as well like you are also keen to learn not necessarily Mm -hmm. learn and do but just learn and be knowledgeable of and I think that's super important as an owner a founder whatever of a brand is you have to delegate you have to you know make sure you you've kind of given and divvy up the work because you can't do everything but as long as you're curious to know how um, I do that with my especially my CFO I sit him down I'm like okay Explains me again what is EBITDA? Like I know it, oh, yeah. but what exactly is it? Oh yeah, um, we love her. <laughs> you know that <laughs> stuff. We love her. <laughs> so um, you know, and and it's important because um, it's it's not every day you get to to build a brand, and it's the most exciting no. thing to do and experience. Um, yeah. So I, I get you completely. Um, but but you know, before we go into some fire round questions, I do have a question mm-hmm. I ask all my guests, and it's about mm-hmm. travels opening up. Uh, but TSA is being really difficult. They're saying, Carrie, you can come, but you can only bring one make product with you. Mm. Only one. What is that go-to product of yours? It's the Supercell. Rich I was cream. about to say, I mean, that, that yeah. seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. I mean, we've already spoken about it. I think everyone now <laughs> just needs to go check it out and buy it because it seems to be like the, yeah. the, the, the one that will get you hooked into make beauty for sure. So I love so. that. Yeah. Um, so fire round questions. First things that comes to your mind. The first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? I mean, I love Naturium, another skincare mm-hmm. brand. Okay. You have Naturium from skin and from makeup. What's your makeup one? Let's see. Right now I'm really into YSL makeup. 
Yeah. I, they're sort of like reformulating some things and coming out with really interesting formulas. They're doing so a good job. Really into that. If, if, yeah. uh, a few years ago, I would have been angry because I worked at Dior for many years and I said, you should have Dior Beauty. <laughs> but it's okay. I no longer work there. So why is that okay? <laughs> um, Love Dior Beauty a, too, though. Good, good. Good save, mm-hmm. good save. <laughs> what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Uh, television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any specific kind of like TV. reality TV show or just anything? I like all the very popular shows. I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but um, I just love, especially like documentary series. Those are probably yeah. like my favorite. And that's the beauty of, of like Netflix as well. They just bring out these incredible docu series, and obviously you, yeah. you see them by the top ten, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna check them out. So yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Um, what are you currently watching or reading? Let's see. I'm watching um, Impeachment, which is on FX mm-hmm. uh, about the Clinton impeachment i'm watching um mayor of east town again after watching mm-hmm. the emmys a lot of wins. and yeah yeah and kate winslet i mean oh, Amazing. Love her. and i just started reading a book called quit like a woman which okay. is a book about being sober and i'm not sober and i'm not interested in being sober but yeah. during the pandemic i drank more than i ever have and i was kind of like whoa <laughs> I gotta relax like I have to like show up to work every day I wake up early like my yeah. skin needs to stay good you know I just was interested in and the I kept mindset. seeing it yeah yeah and I wrote I read the intro and you know this woman lived in San Francisco and I just sort of related to her in a lot of ways and I I just felt like I needed a book like that you know that was um just maybe brought me back a little bit closer to my own center um and I joke that I'm California sober because I drink wine and I you know have a weed gummy here and there <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much. California but sober California sober I love that yeah. um, <laughs> and what's your favorite social media platform right now mm, Instagram always I'm a diehard yeah. Instagram that might make me a dinosaur but I'm honestly I will be honest like the last about 10 podcasts I've recorded everyone's at Instagram the odd people say TikTok here and there, but yeah. I think it's always going to be Instagram for a long time, for sure. I think so too. Yeah. And, and if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, um, or even, uh, let's say, if you weren't even an art director, creative director, what would you be doing? Oh, I love this question because I've been thinking about this a lot. I think yeah. that I would be in food, whether I ah. would be like a food critic, maybe the modern version of that is a food influencer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and those flat lays of like making this incredible like types of food for Instagram. Yeah. yeah. My brother's a farmer and so food is very important to me. And um, I also love grocery stores. So yeah. actually right before I met Ben, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Colorado. I'm going to open a grocery store. Like I'm done being creative. <laughs> but obviously I didn't do that. No, but it could happen. <laughs> yeah but you, you have a you're very lucky you have like i love erwan erwan is that oh, name you guys erwan mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's a nice one um yeah but i mean you probably have even better ones you, you go to i just as a we, we got whole foods in the uk many years again that was exciting for oh, us yeah. Um, yeah. yeah i love whole foods um great. i mean luckily i live in california so i have access to so many incredible so many food I, i'm just that's my one of my favorite things about california is the food for sure um, but yeah, I'm obsessed with food and I, maybe that's my second life. 
or, or this life you never know like I always yeah. say like um the the way especially you're a bit like me where you know um I'm not saying you'll do the same with making you know, me with Fable and Main we've got these brands we're going to grow them but I do like you know iterating my life every a year and a half two years I like to have these cycles because I feel like I'm rebirthing I'm trying new mm-hmm. things and I'm so curious to try things I've never yeah. really stayed in a job more than like you know, two years I've just moved and moved um yeah. and I think yeah. that's the beauty of it and I think um I also believe in we can do more than one thing in life so you know mm-hmm. maybe you'll be doing this or have investments yeah. and things like this who knows Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I could speak to you all day, um, but I'm sure yeah, you have many things to do. Um, where can everyone find you and the brand Make on social and your websites? Um, makebeauty.com and Make's Instagram is makebeautyofficial. And my Instagram is Carrie underscore Barber. Exactly like I'll it be sounds. hyperlinking all the, the links and the Great. summary so everyone can just go click it. And um, Carrie, I'm, I hope to see you when I'm next in California. I, I do intend yes. to go soon to, to visit yes, Sephora and, and the retails. So I'll let you know. Yeah. We'll catch up. We'll go for, we'll do, we'll have um, a Californian, um, a gummy and, and a wine. At <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Air One. At <laughs> Air One. We're going to have the whole shabam. I can't wait for it. And just thank you so much for sharing your very inspiring journey. And I know it's just the beginning of many more incredible adventures to come. Thank, thank you, you for having me. This was great. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founds of Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.